The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Buck Sexton Show. I have with me the author of Charade, The COVID Lies That Crushed a Nation, and a general columnist, the closest thing that West Virginia has right now to Ernest Hemingway. Uh, Mr. David Marcus is with us for this episode. David Marcus, good to see you, sir. Thanks for having me, man. It's nice to see you. You know, somebody asked me the other day this. I'm just wondering what you think. Um, what would happen if we had a another, let's just say, a really bad flu season? Uh, would you know? Because you wrote your book on on COVID. D- do you think that most of what was done before would be done again? Do you think they'd go back to it? Not exactly in the same way. Uh, I, I think that I think the American people have become a little too uh, suspicious for that, especially sort of in red states. I mean, look, are there parts of you know, in Park Slope, Brooklyn, if like the Democrats were like, put your mask on, stay inside. They're, yeah, I mean, they would love that. They would, they, you know, feel morally superior again. and It would be great. 
No, I don't. I don't think it would work out exactly that way. But but I do. You know, to the thrust of your question, I do worry that COVID was a kind of dress rehearsal, whether intentionally or not, uh, to sort of see can society operate if everyone just stays home. And as I wrote in a, in a column recently, sadly, the answer was sort of yes. Uh, and that's pretty scary looking forward. I mean, I will say that, you know, for me, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids during the pandemic. So uh, now when I when I look at things, I look back at it. I mean, it was r- remarkable in so many ways. But there were parts of it where I was like, well, I guess I just get to stay home, not socialize, not go anywhere and order food and watch Netflix and play video games. Like I took up PlayStation again because I had a lot of time on my hands when I wasn't doing radio. There was a moment I remember like in the first week or two, because I believe I had gotten my son like a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, like a couple months before. And there was like a run on Nintendo Switches. Do you remember that? Like everyone, everyone ran out because like this was the device that you could have that would like, you know. Oh, it was awful. You remember Zoom cocktails? Was that anything? Has there ever been a worse social event in the history of mankind than Zoom cocktails? It was so horrible and and inhumane. It was horrible, Buck. We were told that we would never shake hands again. I mean, you remember this? Like that was like they were like, ah, oh, handshaking is gone. And you know what's remarkable? I was doing, uh, I'm doing some some research for a, a book. It's not a COVID book, but I was looking back at some of the stuff that happened in 2020 for it. People, don't, I don't think people even remember this, that uh, there was a period where um, they were actually telling everybody that, first of all, they said, don't get masks, which you remember. There was that don't buy masks. Yes. So they told everybody, stop it. And Fauci's like, it doesn't really work. There was even CNN was doing stories in February of 2020. Masking actually might make it more likely for you to get COVID because you'll change your risk parameters for what you're willing to do, thinking of more protection than you do, and you'll touch your face. And it went from that to, as we know, the complete insanity of like, if you're a good person, that means when you're hiking the Rocky Mountains alone, you mask up. You know what I mean? Oh, you missed a step. No, you, you missed a step, Buck. There was a step in between because obviously they were completely reversing themselves and were being like utter hypocrites about it. So remember how they explained that. They said, oh, well, we were actually wary of having you masking because we were worried we were going to run out for first responders. So don't leave that. Remember that? Oh, no, they had to lie to explain why they were lying. Because the actual truth is, as I think people have started to figure out, what they said initially was the case, which was that masks were a joke and weren't going to do anything. But then when they decided that masks had to be real and they had already said, you know, had to be mandatory and they said that they had changed their minds on this, they would rather light their credibility on fire than go against the religious ritual of masking that was created uh, for religious mask compliance and, and mask conditioning. So, no, man, I, I'm I, I feel like there's only a few of us who really maybe it's the people that fled New York. I mean, you live in uh, am I allowed to say on the air? Do you tell people where you are? He's yeah, yeah. like he's in West yeah, Virginia. No, no, no. Everyone so, knows. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty free. Uh, I'm down in Florida, which it was a very common choice, people fleeing New York. And I think the New Yorkers who fled more than anybody else, because we got the brunt of it in the beginning, too. Um, we are all still traumatized by the other side's lunacy. Not by COVID. Like, I was fine yeah. with COVID. I, was out of, I wasn't even worried about COVID. I was like, I don't even understand whatever it's so freaked out about. Pretty early on, like April of 2020, I was like, I don't get it. But my God, those people lost their minds. And uh, here we are. It hasn't been that long. We forget all about it. So I, I don't know. I don't think the lessons have really been learned. That's my that's the thing that upsets me. That's why I still talk about it. 
One, there's no accountability. I, I no, you know, and, and I hear you. You know, I, I listen to you guys when I'm picking my, my kid up from school. And I appreciate the fact that you do that. Um, it's really the reason that I wrote the book. And it's the reason that, that I wrote the book in real time. I mean, the book only goes from February of 2020 to right after the 2020 election, because I was writing it as I was covering the story for The Federalist. And I wanted it to be that fresh. And it's funny, like I'm now talking to a couple of people about maybe trying to do something in another realm with the book. And so I've been having to go back through it. And just like you said, like there's so many of these things that like I just forgot happened. And I'm really glad that I wrote them down at the time because I think we kind of want to forget. Yeah. And I also sense that there's, and this is a little bit of what I'm, I'm, what I'm chasing down in the research that I'm doing these days for a project I'm working on. And it's just, it's clear that there was something that the, that the whole COVID phenomenon for people and the way they responded to it, it, it became, it was uh, filling an emotional space for them, like an emotional psychological space, a deeply uh, attached to uh, emotional space. And because otherwise the people who were telling me, this is the thing that's always so remarkable to me, the people who were telling me um, you're a horrible person, your advice is killing people. Why are you so stupid? And there were, thousands of them over the course of the pandemic, you know, tweeting at me, you're me, do you know how many of them have since, and even for things like schools need to be open, you know, like in September, 2020, I'm like, the school should be open. This is insane. Yeah. Even those people, whatever the issue may be, vaccines don't stop the spread, which I think you can probably, I don't know if we'll get kicked off YouTube for that. They still pretend like that's not, that is a fact. That is a hundred, as we all know, hundred percent fact, not a single person, that I can think of or see not a single person um, has come back to me since then online email, whatever, and said, wow, you were right. I'm sorry. Not one. They don't no, care. Well, look, I mean, but you are, I mean, you, you answered your own question there, Buck. The, the, the reason that you're not going to get that at least not in the next 20 years is exactly what you said, that there was so much emotion, emotional investment, almost religious investment in living by these precepts, living by these rules, this is the right and moral and just thing to do. You know, wear your mask, stay inside, social distance. It, you know, and I think that especially for people on the left who lack any kind of like actual religion, this became something really valuable in their lives and, and really powerful that could, you know, for better or worse, attach them to something bigger than themselves, which, which is a noble goal. It, it just in this case, it, it was it was quite wrong headed. I want to also ask you, David, about um, the news of this week, which was the Hunter Biden plea deal, which you may have seen on off on off now off as we speak um, and how this factors into people really having here's I don't want you to answer this question yet because I have to have a word from our sponsor, but I want to put the question out there for everyone to think about for you to think about people approach me now, listeners they approach me and and they have a seething disdain for a whole range of institutions in this country. And I am increasingly in a position where I can't even never mind defend them, which I, I really can't and don't. But I, I kind of just say have at it. You know, <laughs> like I just I feel more and more. And I, I wanted you to take that on in a second. But first up for everybody at home, the data on your computer is worth more than the computer itself. So many times that's the case, right? If you're working on an important project, if you're like David or me, you got a book or something you're writing, 
uh, plus all the photos, all the work documents you have on there. You need to make sure your data is backed up because if your computer crashes, if you lose it, any number of things can happen. And then what do you do? Well, this is why there's just a very straightforward, very simple, very um, cost-effective thing you can do. It's very inexpensive. iDrive. With iDrive, you can back up all of your PCs, Mac servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. Not to mention iDrive is PC Magazine's winner eight years in a row as the best cloud backup solution for everyone, consumers and businesses. iDrive is the easiest, most secure cloud backup solution. Plans start at less than $7 um, a month. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code at checkout. Go to iDrive.com. Use promo code Buck at checkout. Plans start at less than $7 a month. When you use promo code Buck at iDrive.com, you get 90% off. All right. What do you think, David? Institutions, uh, things like the FBI, the CDC, the DOJ, the CIA, the EPA, the go down the list. Defensible? What do we do about these places? These are very hard questions. Um, I want to say in the fall of last year, I had just started writing uh, for the Daily Mail, who who I write for fairly regularly now. Um, And they reached out to me after I'd only written there a couple of times and, and one of my editors was like, do you want to write an article or column basically saying like, maybe it's time to get rid of the FBI. And I thought, boy, that's an awfully big thing to say. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, c- can we talk this through? And we talked it through and there was the, the Trump raid at Mar-a-Lago and how different that was from how the Bidens have been treated. There was, you know, spying on Catholics. There was taking down license plate numbers at school board meetings where parents were asking perfectly reasonable questions about their children's education and, and, and whether they're being exposed to inappropriate material at school. Uh, long story short, I wound up writing the column because when I tabulated it all, I said, this is not sustainable. Now, look, I hope it can be fixed. I, I mean, I think we do need some form of, of federal law enforcement, but there's no trust in the FBI right now, and the FBI hasn't earned any trust. So what are we supposed to do about that? I do think it's also interesting when you look at the support that uh, RFK Jr. has gotten in this election cycle. It's a little bit tied in what we're talking about with how we now are as a country supposed to pretend that all the COVID stuff and Fauci and the mandatory shots and the vaccine passports and the you know, Biden administration mandating everybody has to get the shot and the Supreme Court having to overturn it. I mean, what an absolute disaster uh, what a monstrosity they really engaged in. But um, RFK Jr. goes beyond that because he's he's really taking it to the FDA as well as the CDC and the NIH and all the rest of them. And, you know, when you can't trust the health authorities in a country, that feels like a whole, I feel like that's a, a level beyond. Right. Like it used to be that everybody trusted their doctor. I, I mean, look, it is. And I think that it's a very similar story to the FBI and to the Department of Justice. You know, there was this whole sort of like post Watergate idea in regard to at least DOJ and these things like, okay, there, there has to be a firewall here, right? Nobody from the elected administration is allowed to have any influence over the attorney general whatsoever. And we, we, we then applied that to Dr. Fauci and the NIH and it never made any sense. And it's not, constitutional, frankly. I I mean, that's, we don't elect people to hand their powers over to chosen experts who are in bed with all kinds of different organizations, international and domestic, right? And, and, And that's what we did. And so, 
You know, one of the things that, that I like about the thing that I hear Ron DeSantis in particular talk about, although I think Vivek has, has, has talked about this significantly as well, uh, is that we need to break that model. Um, these are not independent agencies that just get to do whatever they want, regardless of what voters think. There has to be accountability. And hopefully, if more Republicans get into power, we'll see that. I want to tell everybody at home to check out Chalk. Chalk is amazing. These are all natural supplements designed for everyday con- uh, consumption that will provide you with stamina, focus, and energy to be at your best. Chalk's been at this for some time, making best-in-class supplements with a focus on making sure that you can live your life every day to the fullest. They don't try to put them into retail stores. They build this relationship directly with you, the consumer, and they want you to know that they are very invested in helping you get to your optimum wellness and overall feelings of of health and vitality go online check it out chalk.com check out their male vitality stack product okay that's chalk chok.com save 35 percent off any chalk subscription for life when you use my name buck at checkout that's chalk chok.com and use my name buck when you go to checkout for 35 percent off david where are you on ufos Man, I don't know. I mean, I was a big X-Files fan. Um, Love that show. Does it hold up? Like, can I I go back? I I tried to watch The Matrix with the wife recently because she had never seen it. I've seen it like 20 times. I think The Matrix movie is phenomenal even to this day. Like, it's still really, really good. Could you go back and watch The X-Files, you think? Yeah. No, I mean, I have. Um, No, I I, I do think. I mean, in part, I just think because it was so smartly written and there's good performances and those are are things that sort of carry through. But um, I don't know. UFOs, I think that... Wait, can can I just tell everybody at home before... I mean, they're having hearings on Capitol Hill about this, and people are testifying under oath. Like, So this is the thing. I'm not... I don't do... There are other shows where they're like, oh, like Bigfoot and UFOs. Like, That's not this show. That's not me. But when they're having sw- depositions or, or hearings on Capitol Hill and people are swearing under oath that they saw something that's a UFO... Like, you know what I mean? I, I, we got to deal with it, I think. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know, like, like, most of what I've heard independent from news stories or the things are people who I've known in the military. And I don't know if you've heard these stories, but like, I've known, you know, guys who were in the Air Force or, you know, guys who were, you know, sort of stationed at different places where they saw weird things that like, they, they couldn't explain. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that that you know, I mean, I don't know, Buck, you were in the CIA, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's yeah. things we have that we don't talk about. And maybe we don't know if it's a UFO or not is a good way to not have to talk about this thing that like, and, and that maybe the government shouldn't be talking about. I, I, I just don't know, man. Interesting. You, you take a, almost an agnostic position on the, on the UFOs, right? Like you're not, you're not saying yeah, yes, I you're not saying no. No. And I'm also, I'm, I'm, I've always been dubious about intelligent life on other planets, you know, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, you know, I guess as a Catholic, it would it would throw some kind of monkey wrench into at least the most basic understanding of, of Christian theology. Although the Catholic Church has always been very good at being able to bring things. I mean, it was a Jesuit who came up with the Big Bang Theory. So science and the Catholic Church coexist very well. The, the bigger reason for me is just, to me, it seems like such a bizarre confluence of events that led to human intelligence that I... It doesn't strike me as particularly likely that even in a universe as big as ours, uh, those precise things happening over millions and millions of years all led to someone who I can, you know, have a conversation about with the Yankees or something. Yeah, I think that I I also take this 
maybe different philosophical point of view on this from a lot of people. And just so you know, I so I am very skeptical. Clay on our radio show is a, is a believer. So we're Scolder and Mully or Mully and Scolder or whatever. Uh, and, and I'm I'm in the skeptic category here. And the audience, at least that writes in, is overwhelmingly, you know, outraged at my skepticism over UFOs. And I sit here and I just say. I, I don't think that we need to think that there are UFOs and little green men to think that the world that we live in is still so far beyond our, beyond our comprehension, understanding. And, and, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just think that it, it almost makes it seem it's, it's a simplification of what's out there in my mind to think that, Oh, well, there just must be like people like us out there. It's like, well, no, or, or, you know, little green men, whatever it is. Yes. Um, but beyond that, we face such uh, interesting questions and, and quandaries uh, here in the known world still that I don't think that we have to enter into like intergalactic travel for things to be interesting. I don't know. That's just my no, I, the, the best the best the best evidence I've ever seen for the existence of aliens is Leo Messi. I, you know, I've, I've watched Leo Messi do things on a soccer field that sometimes make me think, OK, he can't be a human being. But. I mean, that's, you know, aside from that, uh, yeah, I'm skeptical. Yeah, he's the Miami resident now. He's joining the revolution down in uh, Miami. So it's uh, interesting stuff. Dave, I'll get you on on one more thing here. But before we get to it, are we going to see a big change in currency in our lifetime? Some people think so. So what's going to happen? Well, former Wall Street insider Tika Tawai follows our nation's economy, writes about it regularly. And he believes that our federal government could announce a mandatory recall in the U.S. dollar and exchange it with a new digital version. How different would that be from using debit or Apple Pay or whatever? Well, he's got a lot of thoughts on the subject, which you can see he's put online for everybody. It's an interesting perspective, one I think you should at least be familiar with and perhaps you want to take some preparation based on. Go to dollarrecall.com to see this video with all the details. Our government doesn't want you to think about this stuff, but you should think about it. You should be aware. Go to dollarrecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Uh, so, David, you know, what, what do you spend most? You're just like a thoughtful guy. What do you spend your time thinking about a lot these days? Like, what's what's just like a top of mind thing uh, for David Marcus to consider for the world? I, I've been given a lot of thought to the future of social media and especially sort of what I'm seeing on, on Twitter. I think I sort of have the reputation of being an Elon Musk basher and I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Um, I, I, I applaud Musk for what I think he was trying to do with the platform. I really think that he thought that he could come in and say, okay, we're going to have a really small, discrete set of rules. And other than that, let free speech reign. And I think you know, advertisers uh, kind of made it clear that that wasn't going to work for them. Um, I, you know, the government of Australia is threatening to fine uh, Twitter, or I guess it's X now, $500,000 a day if they find too much hate speech on it. So, I mean, all this stuff was sort of stacked up against him. And now we have this rebrand and now we have this notion of like, he says he's going to do like a an app of everything, I guess, modeled on the WeChat app in China where now this is going to involve your finances and your banking. And I, I, these are questions that Americans and conserv- well, conservatives, Americans in general need to think about, because what happens when your bank account starts interacting with content moderation? Right. Whether it's Musk or anybody else, like what what happens when you've misgendered someone too many times and the bank decides, well, you don't have access to your money anymore. And we've seen it in Canada. 
Yeah. We've seen it in the UK. So that's the kind of thing that really scares me these days. And I worry that, you know, there's a thing that happens with conservatives. We saw this with Kanye. We've seen this a couple of times where it's like some influential celebrity says, well, you know, conservatives are kind of cool. Like, they're okay. And conservatives are like, I love this guy. This guy's great. He's our new leader. Let's play. And it's like, you got to slow your roll on that because it's not always the case. And I do worry that that Musk is asking us to accept some things in regard to censorship, to accept some things in regard to content moderation that I think conservatives need to be pretty skeptical of, even if he's going to give us all, you know, $25,000 for posting on a site, which of course I won't take, but you take my point. Well, when we share out this interview on Twitter, just make sure that Elon knows that I think he's amazing. So I don't get banned, but good luck to you, my friend. (laughs) Good luck to David. no, honestly, Buck, and 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 I'll you know I'll say this: it, it's it's something that you run into. It's something that I've run into um, in trying to to write about this story. Is that he's a player in the media now? So this is always a challenge for journalists who cover the media because look, there's just a lot of people in a position right now who don't want to cross Elon Musk. And as a writer, who's you know, look, my my mantra is. If you're in power, I'm skeptical of you. I'm going to be critical of you and you're never going to get a free pass. And it's been a challenge for me to cover Elon Musk because I think there are a lot of people who don't want to cross him right now. Fair point. David Marcus, everybody, follow him on the social media platforms that you have and also look for his stuff in the Daily Mail and check out, what's the name of the book again, David? Charade, The COVID Lies That Crushed a Nation. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me, Buck. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.